Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action.
is so worthy of our praise. Amen?
shake a hand, maybe, that's just behind you. And we, uh, we certainly want to just love on each other a little bit this morning. All right. Well, go ahead and have a seat. Oh, thank you so much. Isn't it great to be in God's house? Is there a better place to be than God's house celebrating the day that Jesus defeated death? Nope, there's not. <laughs> That's the answer. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Jared. I'm one of the pastors here on staff at Indianola First. So grateful and glad. Wow, I got a fan. Thank you. <laughs> Didn't even know. So grateful to have you with us. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us and checking us out. Maybe it's your first time at Indianola First. I want to say a very special welcome to you. And I uh, would love to get to know you a little bit. So if you do us a favor and fill out the Connect card that's in the seat back in front of you. Uh, looks like the one on the screen. And leave that in the host basket on your way out. We appreciate that. If you're joining us for Easter Sunday online this morning, so grateful that you're with us as well. We are so excited that you came to be a part. And uh, we'd love to introduce, have, us, have you introduce yourself to us online. Or chat hosts are providing a link. And you can fill out that form. We'll send you a gift this week for doing that. And as just a way of saying thank you for joining us today. Well, it is so awesome, as I said, to be here. So exciting. It's so good to be in church on Sunday, on Easter Sunday, on Resurrection Sunday. To see Jesus come out of the tomb, like live, that's pretty fun, right? We had a great week this week with the uh, Good Friday experience. We had like 450 to 500 people come through for the Good Friday experience. Amen. Every single person that came through was presented the gospel in a clear and concise way. And that's what we're called to do, right? The results are up to Jesus, but we're, we're to preach the word. And we preached the word. And we had lots and lots and lots of people help us. And it was so fun, church, to see all the talent from people that are talented at doing sets, to people that are talented at construction, to people that are talented at music, people that were talented at video, people who were talented at baking, People that were talented at food. I mean, we used every gift set to make this thing a reality, and it could not have happened without the people that were uh, a part of it. So thank you for every person who was a part of the Good Friday experience. Thank you for those of you that prayed for the Good Friday experience. We had an incredible, incredible event, and uh, only eternity will know what exactly happened and transpired this week. But we are so uh, honored to uh, be able to host it. So thank you guys so much for all you did this week to make that awesome. Uh, just one announcement basically today, and that is that we have new classes coming up in two weeks. We have a class that I'm going to be teaching or facilitating by John Bevere called Good or God. And we have one more class taught by Robert Morris and facilitated by Gail Morris. Hmm, I don't think they're related. Uh, but that's going to be happening in two weeks. Uh, this Wednesday, we have the Van Wykes from Africa, good friends of ours from uh, Botswana, who are going to be here and sharing with us a little bit about what they have been uh, doing in ministry in Botswana. So please join us for that. That's going to be really good. But that's Wednesday night, 7 to 8 o'clock. Please don't miss it. We've got great things happening here on Wednesday. Everything for every age is available on Wednesday. So uh, we are going to... Uh, be standing up here and going back into worship in just a, a minute. Uh, but before I do that, just wanted to remind you that there are three ways that you can give here at Indianola First. Very easy ways. One is to go online to IndianolaFirst.com. You can go to the Give tab and give safely, securely that way. The second way that you can give is to give in an envelope by check or cash and leave that with the host in the basket on the way out. And the last way and easiest way is to get out your phone and 
put the amount that you want to give and dial and uh, send that to the number 84321. It's a really easy way to give. Let's go ahead and stand this morning and we're going to just pray and then head back into worship today. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor Barry's actually going to preach, so go ahead and sit down. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, there we go. It's always hard when you change things up a little bit, right? So we don't, we don't blame you, Pastor Beard. That was just, uh, that's, you know, it just happened. Well, I am so excited to be here today. What a great week we've had. I know there's a lot of tired people because they just put so much forth, so much effort, but it's been awesome to see um, just what God has done through the Good Friday experience. And um, today I want to talk about the day death died. And uh, that was a great, that's a great day, by the way. It's a great day. Death has not always been a thing. Did you realize that? There was, in fact, a time when death didn't exist. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they would walk and they'd talk with God. They had fellowship with him, close relationship with him. They tended to the garden, and it, and it was their joy to do it. It was paradise. It was absolute paradise. It's what God intended for his highest creation. It's what he designed us to have this perfect, flawless paradise. And if you can imagine for a second what it was like, sickness wasn't a thing. Did you hear me? Sickness wasn't a thing. Shame didn't exist. There wasn't any guilt or condemnation. The idea that someone could live with insecurity, how many have ever felt insecure? The idea that somebody could live with insecurity wasn't even on the radar. It wasn't a thing. There, there were no conflicts. There, there was no unforgiveness. There was always work to do, but it, it wasn't toilsome. It was enjoyable, and there was no urgency to it or deadlines to meet. Money didn't exist. Envy Jealousy and hatred had never been experienced. And as you keep imagining this, this place, this perfection, it, it becomes more and more difficult to imagine by the second because it's just so outside of our reality. There was no pain. There were no aches. We ran around church for all week, going up ladders, doing all sorts of thing, things. I, I mean, I took some Tylenol last night. I had some aches. But in this place, there'll be no aches, there'll be no pain, there'll be no aging. And some of you over the last five years, you, well, just let's just say you could say praise the Lord to that, okay? No aging. It was absolute perfection. It was heaven on earth and would have lasted forever, but something happened that changed everything. Death was born. Now, we don't often think about it in this way, death being personified, and I'm not saying that death is a person, but to think about death as an entity can give some perspective. I said that death was born, and in a sense it was. God created Adam and Eve in his image. He created them male and female, and they were his highest creation. He also gave them free will, and with that free will, they chose to do the opposite of what their loving father had told them. He even warned them what would happen if they did choose to eat the fruit that was forbidden, but they did it anyway. That was the day in which death was born. That's when its meaning came to life. Death wasn't something that had been experienced before, but it came as a result of sin. 
Romans 5, 12 says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all have sinned. When Adam and Eve sinned, God said to Adam, or God said to Adam, uh, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. Death was a part of the curse that came as a result of sin. And when sin came into the world, death was absolutely born. And it, it has been our greatest nemesis ever since. We fear it. We spend our lives fighting it. And yet if the Lord tarries and we live long enough, we will eventually have to experience it in our physical bodies. The Bible says it is appointed once for a man to die. But understand, death is not just physical death we experience in this life. Death goes far deeper than that. Spiritual death is total separation from God. To be separated from him, from him for all eternity. 1 Thessalonians 1.9 says this, they will be punished with eternal destruction. Talking about those that are not in Christ. They will be punished with eternal destruction, forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. So death really does have two parts to it. Physical death occurs when our bodies wear out, age out, or are the victims of sickness, disease, or tragic situations. And make no mistake, death was born out of sin. Spiritual death occurs when our spirit and our soul, mind, will, and emotions are separated from God for all eternity. This, too, was a result of sin. Sin is the problem. Death is the result. And the Bible says that it's a place, this, this place where we're separated from God. The Bible says that it's a place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I'm not sure what gnashing of teeth is, but I, it doesn't sound good. It's a place of torment. It's described as outer darkness, the lake of fire, a place of eternal suffering that was never created for mankind. It was designed for Satan and all of his demon entities. The first part of Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. And church, that's both physical and spiritual death. Death was born the day sin entered into the world. I keep saying it over and over, but it's the truth. It was the penalty for sin. But what makes Good Friday so good is that Jesus died for us all. He paid the penalty of our sin debt. He paid and he died. He paid the price and he died in our place. He died on our behalf. But he didn't stop there because Jesus had never sinned. Death had no claim on him. He rose from the grave. He was resurrected from death. And again, because he lived a perfect, sinless life, both death, death and the grave lost its hold on anyone who would receive him and the gift he offers us through his own death on the cross. Why do we get so excited as Christians about Easter Sunday? Because we're celebrating the resurrection of Christ, which if you are in Christ, you have a resurrection to look forward to as well. That means you and I have a choice. We don't ever have to experience the spiritual side of death. That part of death doesn't exist for those that receive Jesus. It also means that physical death doesn't have to be forever. It's only a temporary condition for those who make Jesus their Lord and Savior. And for those who are still here when Jesus comes back, you don't even have to experience that. The resurrection power that rose Jesus from the grave can absolutely be yours. And that's an exciting thing, church. Resurrection power, living 
on the inside. Let's stand and let's sing a little bit this morning.
Praise the Lord. Resurrection power. Amen? Hallelujah. From the time that sin entered the world through Adam and Eve all the way up to the time Noah and the great flood, which was roughly about 1,650 years, death had its day. So we know death was born, but death also had its day. Sin had gotten such a hold on humanity that God was sorry he ever created them. Noah was a righteous man, not, a, not perfect by any means, but he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And, and God spared Noah and his family while death took claim on the rest of Earth's population. Fast forward another 850 years or so to the time of Moses. Again, death had its day. God saved those who were faithful. The Bible says that during their, that time, their faith was accredited to them as righteousness. And God always seems to save a remnant of people. And in this case, that remnant came through Abraham's family and their descendants. But as the earth repopulated after the flood, once again, sin and its punishment of death, both physical and spiritual death, took its claim on humanity. Moses, of course, was a savior of sorts. He was a picture of what was to come. God had a plan to once and for all give us a way out. And Moses delivered the descendants of Abraham out of Egyptian control, 400 years of slavery, 400 years of constant death as Pharaoh built his empire on the backs of the Hebrew people. Moses delivered them out of Egypt. He walked them through the Red Sea, and you guys know the story. And he, he led them to the mountain of God. This is where they received the law, including the Ten Commandments. But sin filled their hearts, and death had its day once again. They wandered in the desert for 40 years until they all, from at least that generation, died physically before entering the promised land, all except Joshua and Caleb, if you remember. And from the time of Moses to the time of Jesus, nearly 1,500 more years, death still had its day. Kingdoms rose and kingdoms fell, wars, genocide, death of entire nations. And God had given the law, which was important because it spelled out what his standard was, that which was right and that which was wrong. It also laid out punishments for those that committed sins as well as the means to atone or cover their sins through the shedding of blood. God's people were told in the book of Leviticus that the life of the, of, 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 of the body is its blood, is in its blood. It is blood given in exchange for a life that makes purification possible. And again, this was a picture of what was to come. Sacrificing animals, spilling their blood would atone for their sin, but this practice had to be repeated over and over and over again, as you guys know. The Old Testament is a bloody mess. Not only the death of people, but the death of all those animals. And it was only a temporary solution to their sin problem. Jesus, however, would become the once and for all sacrifice for all of humanity's sins. Romans 5.17 says, For if, by the trespass of one man, death reigned through that one man, the one man being Adam, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Death had its day up until the time of Christ, and even after the cross, up to April 8, 2023, or April 9th, 2023, what is the date today? Ninth. Ninth, all the way up till today. The cross gave us the way out. Death has had its day. It still has its day in a sense. 
But the day, the cross, where Jesus died on the cross, and three days later when he rose from the grave, it's the most pivotal moment of all time. Because death began to lose its grip. The cross gave us the way out. Jesus' resurrection provided an escape from death's hold on humanity for all those who would call upon his name. Hebrews 9.22 tells us that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Kind of reminding us of what took place in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament with all the animal sacrifices. But Jesus became the once and for all sacrifice because he loved you so much. And those of you that attended the Good Friday experience, you saw the bloody ripped mess that Jesus was. He became that for you. The shedding of blood forgives us of our sins. And he willingly did this so that death itself could be defeated. I'm so glad that death is a defeated foe. His resurrection, church, put death on notice. Death's power was being revoked. Its days were now numbered. And everyone from this day forward who would choose to confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior would be free from death's grip, at least in the spiritual sense. And this was the hope of life shining through like the dawn of the morning sun breaks the darkness of the night. It, it, it just, you know how that is. No one has to die spiritually anymore. It's their choice. Someone will choose to reject this path to eternal life that Jesus offers. Some will receive it with joy. But thank you, Jesus, for the hope that he has brought us. Brought us a hope, church. A hope. Would you stand and let's sing again about the living hope that we all have within us.
kind of got you getting up and getting down this morning, don't I? It's all right, change is good. So death was born, death had its day. And my third point, death will die. God never does anything halfway, church. He doesn't leave anything unfinished. And just as death was born through sin, it will die because of righteousness. And I want you to understand how death will not only die for those who are still here today, but it will die for those who have already died physically from this life and who are in Christ. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17 says this. And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. Jump to verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Death dies. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain in the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. That's going to be a great day, church. Jesus will return and he's bringing with him all those that have died and all those that were in him. You see, their soul and spirit are alive and well with Jesus right now because the Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They left their bodies behind when they passed away in this life, this physical body. They left that behind. But on that day, he will come back along with all those who believed and lived for him and their physical bodies will be resurrected. He doesn't do anything halfway, he goes all the way. Their physical bodies will be resurrected and they will be transformed and joined back together and, and they will, with, their, with their soul and spirit and they will be immortal. The spirit, soul, and body will be one again, but this time they will be incorruptible. Death will be dead. 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 55 says, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die. Let me tell you a wonderful secret. This is right from the Apostle Paul this morning. Paul says, let me tell you a really, really good secret. We're not all going to die. We're not all going to die. But we will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment in the blink of an eye when the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, the scripture will be fulfilled. Church, hear it. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Amen? That, that, that scripture, it's almost like it's taunting death. Oh, death, where, where's your victory now? Who's the man now? Right? That's what it's really kind of saying. Oh, death, where's your sting? Mm -mm, you ain't got nothing on me. Right? 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 26, and the scriptures say it all. I don't even have to talk here. I just have to read you some scripture. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead 
He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. That's what we're celebrating Resurrection Sunday for. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was buried as the first of the harvest. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all of his enemies, including death, beneath his feet. And the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Death will die. It will die. And I want you to just maybe close your eyes for a second. And I want to read this scripture to you. You've all heard it before. But this is the day when it's completely fulfilled. Revelation 21, 1 through 4, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow, or crying, or pain. All of these things are gone forever. Death itself, church, is going to be destroyed. Destroyed. And I know we've all thought about that, we've all had that, we all know that pretty much. We've read the scripture before, many of you have. You understand it, you get it, but you know, we... we when you just sit and meditate on that and how much time we spend dealing with death, death has been defeated. It doesn't have a hold on us anymore. It's lost its grip at the moment we accepted Christ. But guess what? It's even going to be more destroyed than it already is. Not only will it lose its grip, it will be no more. It won't be a thing that we even think about. It won't be in our wheelhouse of thought. I don't know how else to say it. It won't exist. And all of this is because of what Jesus did through the cross and his resurrection. It will truly, that day will truly be the, death, the day that death dies. Death dies. Death was born because of sin. It had its day. It still has a little bit of a hold. It's lost some of its hold. But there's a day coming when it's just done. I mean, if you ever lost a loved one and they knew Jesus, you're going to get to see him again. Death doesn't get the final word. The cross has the final word, right? And we're going to be living forever and ever in a place of complete paradise. I talked about that at the beginning of the message, the first time I preached. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfection. That's how God intended it. And that's where we'll get to live again because Jesus rose from the grave. Let's sing this morning.
words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my brain has not yet reached the point where it could form a thought that could adequately describe the greatness of my God. And my lungs have not yet developed the ability to release a breath with enough agility to breathe out the greatness of his love. And my voice, you see, my voice is so inhibited, restrained by human limits, that it's hard to even send the praise up, you see. If there are words for him, then I don't have them. My God, his grace is remarkable. Mercies are innumerable. Strength is impenetrable. He is honorable, accountable, favorable. He's unsearchable, yet knowable. Indefinable, yet approachable. Indescribable, yet personal. He is beyond comprehension, further than imagination. Constant through generations, king of every nation. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. You see, my words are few. And in trying to capture the one true God, using my vocabulary would never do. But I use words as an expression, an expression of worship to a savior, a savior who is both worthy and deserving of my praise, so I use words. My heart extols the Lord, blesses his name forever. He has won my heart, captured my mind, and has bound them both together. He has defeated me in my rebellion, conquered me in my sin. He has welcomed me into his presence, completely invited me in. He has made himself the object of my sight, flooding me with mercies in the morning and drowning me with grace in the night. But if there are words for him, then I don't have them. But what I do have is good news. For my God knew that man-made words would never do. The words are just tools that we use to point to the truth. So he sent his son, Jesus Christ, as the word, living proof. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, giving nothingness formation. And by his word, he sustains in the power of his name. For he is before all things, and over all things he reigns. Holy is his name. So praise him for his life. The way he persevered in strife, the humble son of God becoming the perfect sacrifice. Praise him for his death. That he willingly stood in our place, that he lovingly endured the grave, that he battled our enemy, and on the third day rose in victory. He is everything that was promised. Praise him as the risen king. Lift your voice and sing, for one day he will return for us, and we will finally be united with our Savior for eternity. Eternity. So it's not just words that I proclaim, for my words point to the word, and the word has a name. Hope has a name. Joy has a name. Peace has a name. Love has a name. And that name is Jesus Christ. Praise his name forever.
lift up one more shout of praise to him this morning. Jesus. And Father, right now, I just I want every person in this place to know that this can be the day that death dies for them. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, if you've never asked him to be your Savior and be your Lord, this can be your day. And I want to say a prayer, and I want the congregation to repeat after me. But if you've never done that, I want you to pray this from your heart. There's no magical word. It's just a prayer from the heart that I want to lead you in that says, Lord, come and be my Savior. Come and be my, my everything. Take, the, take the, the controls of my life. It's that kind of prayer. So let's, let's pray that together. Lord Jesus, today I make you my Savior. I choose today to follow you, to let you lead me. I ask you forgiveness of all of my sins and to set me free to live for you. I give you my heart today. I give you my life today. Let your resurrection power live in me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. If you prayed that for the first time today, you need to tell somebody. Tell somebody who brought you or invited you. Tell somebody in this congregation. If you're here from far away, tell your pastor. And if he doesn't get excited about that, find a new pastor. Okay? That's just the way it is. We want you to have an amazing day uh, today, this Easter Sunday. Service is dismissed, but go loving God and loving one another and just... Just loving Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.